Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. This week on the show, we continue with Animated August and my pick, Shrek, the movie that one letterbox reviewer called an iconic staple in modern cinema. Mm. The Oscar-winning animated classic has impacted our culture in a way not even DreamWorks Studio thought it would. The lovable ogre and donkey stole our hearts and left us memes to enjoy for ages. Plus, we take a look back at Pixar's Elemental and see how it's done since we talked about it earlier this year to kind of round out Animation August. Also, we kind of look at how DreamWorks and Pixar are really doing these days compared to other studios like Sony Animation. We've got all that and so much more this week on So Many Sequels. Be sure to find us online at SoManySequels.com and on your favorite social media apps. Just search So Many Sequels. We're there. Facebook, Instagram, Threads, TikTok. Um, and again, at SoManySequels.com. Subscribe in your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. And without any further ado, enjoy Shrek. I watched. Uh, I watched. They clone yeah, Tyrone. That was what I watched. That's right. You said something about uh, they clone Tyrone. What did? You know, what do you? What'd you think of it? Because I've I've been hesitant. I'm desperate to see it. I haven't watched it yet, but I want to. It is a. It is a very interesting movie, okay. and it is a. Uh, I. It is. It's a movie that has both a mystery and like a conspiracy component. So like. When you're trying to sort of figure out what's going on, I think that's going to be the most interesting part. The second half, after they after the big reveal, the sec I think the reveal comes almost too soon, and you, if you're paying attention, you kind of figure it out before they reveal it. So you're kind of sitting there, just kind of waiting for the characters to catch up to you, and that can be kind of an annoying place to be with a movie. That said, I thought it was really, uh, I thought it was really. That it was artfully told at times. Jamie Foxx is hilarious. John Boyega was really interesting, and and Taylor Paris uh, was was really engaging as well. So like the main characters, they all did their job. Um, but and then it, it's obvious. I mean, there's some heavy commentary going on there that mm. I am not the uh, right person to give, uh, or to 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 maybe even offer the best analysis for. But I would say, um. I'd say it's a very interesting movie. I think it's worth the watch, but uh, but uh, it may not be. Uh, there may just be some issues structurally with the, with with how the the mystery unravels. I think um, that might might be an issue for some. Might not. You might watch it and go like, "Oh, I don't know what Dave is talking about. I was get I, I I didn't know what was going on at any moment." Um, but anyway, I recommend it. It didn't make my. It's not gonna make my top ten, but I think it's uh, top fifteen for the year. Okay. Well, my favorite list. My favorite part about it is how it it looks like it was shot in the nineties, but mm-hmm. uh, but they also have like, but the the technology is still like the twenty twenties. So like it kind of it kind of looks like a displaced movie. You know, I went and saw uh, theater camp, and I feel like mm-hmm. I haven't I have we haven't seen this is Tyrone or uh, they cloned Tyrone, um, but I feel like this is a movie that we can talk about as former theater people ourselves mm-hmm. um i never went to a theater camp 
but this movie, man, I imagine is exactly what a theater camp was. I went into this movie expecting, you know, big over the top and I got it. And I got it from the camp counselors who are theater performers themselves Mm -hmm. living vicariously through the camp, uh, uh, the camp, uh, goers who are also performers with some very big personalities. And so sometimes, you know, you've got the kids doing camp stuff, but you've also got the camp uh, teachers doing theater stuff, trying to teach, but also trying to make it about themselves. And it's this really funny dynamic of what I imagine a camp is and drama all in the same time. Again, I never went to any kind of thing. I never really got involved in theater until you guys in college. Um, but for a drug it over. really hit the the marks of where I thought it was going to be. And this movie's got a good cast. It's got Ben Platt, uh, Molly Gordon. Um, it's got Ao Edibiri. I think I messed that name up, but you can see her in The Bear. Um, Nathan Lee Graham, uh, Amy Sedaris. You know, it's got a really good cast, and it's uh, absolutely hilarious, and I highly recommend that. So, I'm glad to hear that. I also but, never went to theater camp, but uh, I did spend a lot of time in theater courses and classes in both uh, middle high school and college. So I feel like I probably have a condensed version of, of sediments. Probably. Uh, ben Platt is not playing a high schooler again, is he? Please tell me. No, this is actually, this is actually very good use of Ben Platt. I approve of this performance of Ben Platt. You know, I like Ben Platt, but some I do too. This is an absolute hit. And, and don't get me wrong, this is not, I, I feel like this has also got a good story. This is not just like a, a face level comedy. Like there's some depth there. There's some story there. You know, obviously it's not going to be anything earth breaking or, or ground shattering or whatever, but like it's really good. Um, Really, really approve of the storytelling and the humor and just kind of the back and forth that you get. And again, the big personalities were wonderful. But Ben Platt was uh, very well done. How old is Ben Platt now? 29. 29. Which is upsetting. I thought I just born. looked because I want to know myself. He was born in 93. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. How the years go. That's, He's played a uh, high school adjacent or early college adjacent character for so many years that he seems like he must be 40. Right. <laughs> even in, yeah, and even in Pitch Perfect, he didn't quite. Exactly. He looked too old to be in college, but he right. was. So, uh, yeah, he is unfortunately like, I don't know, like older looking than his actual age. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Anyway. He looks like his face has already been stretched by things. This is turning into a, a Ben Platt hate. But yeah, this, no, we like to do that Platt here. I, we like to that. Yeah, we're just poking poking fun at the roles he sometimes chooses. <laughs> uh, I didn't yeah. watch anything new this week. Uh, I, I watched old stuff, I guess. I watched Thelma and Louise. That's okay. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It was That's good. okay. Old stuff's great. I also watched The Princess Bride. You know, like we. Uh, That's this, the reason. This, this the was great. Like. This was great because it was a 4K restoration uh, presented by Circle Cinema. Of the uh, was, Louis. It was a special yeah. screening, so to speak. Looked yeah. great. Um, fun time. Fun time at the movies. Oh, I'm getting back. Speaking of fun times at the movies, David, this is an, or this is animation August here on the show. That's true. Yes, it is. And I thought it would be fun to revisit an animated movie that we've already reviewed this year. David, we've talked about, David and Josh, you guys talked about uh, Elemental. Yes, we did. That movie, when it first came out, did not have a lot of success. Yes. 
but over yeah, time, a little middling has has gathered a rather positive word of mouth reputation, and I think it would be good to revisit it because I didn't have a chance to to be on that podcast, but I chimed in, and I think I said the similar thing of like this movie's fine, and it doesn't deserve the hate that it's been getting, and I think that people finally saw it and they appreciated it. But I feel like this brings up that interesting discussion of. Uh, in theaters, or is it on streaming yet? It may not be, but uh, I don't not yet. I think, think it's it is. Okay. very soon. I mean, you get because I, I think they're advertising it already. Yeah, yeah. I think right, it'll so be soon. Let's just do a check in on Elemental and see how it's uh, done since we last reviewed it here on so many sequels. Yeah, no because doubt. I mean, our older their old review. You all did a good job. Yeah, go check out our review. Actually, I really enjoyed uh, that conversation because it was a very. Uh, you know, we talked about how uh, how different it is, but we also talked about the uh, the weird place because at the time, uh, one of the worst opening weekends for a Pixar film in history, um, with only like some of their earliest stuff kind of being below this level, and uh, when Pixar was still kind of establishing their brand, um, and uh, w- you know, and then not long after that, uh, DreamWorks had one of its worst openings of all time with uh, Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken. And so it was kind of like we were looking at this situation where uh, two of the, the the animation studio powerhouses of the, I mean, it's easy to say early 2000s, but you could just say of the 21st century, um, uh, suddenly maybe not being in step with kids anymore, maybe not being in step with audiences, um, but Elemental, I think, yeah, through good word of mouth has chugged along and it is now, uh, it's now, uh, you know, it had that, that really poor stat. Now it is the uh, highest grossing animated film released by Disney since the pandemic started. So uh, it's it's grinded its way up to 150 million uh, domestically and worldwide. Where is that worldwide? Uh, which is good enough to be the number 13 movie of the year so far. I'm sure other films will will pass it and knock it down, um, but it's it's in the mix there. It's it's done better than Fast X. If uh, if that helps, I know people like to think of the Fast and Furious movies as being really successful um, box office films, but Elemental has passed it since its release, and they released um, about a month away from each other. Um, it, it's outperformed uh, Mission Impossible, though Mission Impossible may may chug ahead of it here in the next week or so, and that's uh, just right behind Creed three. Uh, worldwide, Elemental's up to uh, four hundred forty million world uh, worldwide which is good enough to be the number 10 movie of the year, passing films like Transformers Rise of Beast, John Wick Chapter 4, and it's uh, done better than Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny worldwide. So while that movie started in a really rough place, solid word of mouth and being just kind of like a nice... This is <laughs> this is good compared to talking with what our subject is today, but a nice, fairly inoffensive movie that kids can go see that's not a lot of obnoxiousness, that is kind of mellow. Hey, the movie we're talking it. about is fairly unoffensive. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can we can say that now with our 30, 30, 30, 30 year old heads. But uh, yeah, I don't know for two for the year two thousand. It was a you know the movie we're talking about today is a bit of a uh, groundbreaker in a lot of uh, forms. But um, but yeah, you know. Uh, has done well. It has has. Uh, I don't know what it's done week to week, but also, you know, what have you guys have you guys been hearing anything about it? Uh, you know, critically since it came out. No, not a word uh, from anybody. Not a single word anywhere. No, uh, no. I have heard no one talk about this movie whatsoever. Zero percent. The only thing I heard is uh, I, I have do... told people about it and they go, "What? 
I had a I had yeah. a, I had a, a friend of a family a family member who took uh, they went they took like a group of kids to go see it, and uh, his opinion was, "Yeah, it's fine." And I was like, "Yeah, that's you know that's kind of where it is. It's a, it's a solid movie. I think it's pretty good." Um, you know, but uh, but when did uh, this movie come out again, David? It came out in June. I want to say it came out. It's been, a little, yeah, it's been a minute. It came it out June sixteenth. The the school summer break has definitely benefited this movie. I guarantee. I feel like kids being out of school, Absolutely. parents have needing something to do, uh, grandparents or who or, or you know daycare centers taking like kids to movies. You know what's out elemental. That's out, that's kid friendly and let's go see that. But unfortunately, and this is where. You know, David, that idea of is 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 Disney Pixar out of step? You know, I don't think they're out of step, but another much cooler animated movie came along very soon uh, to kind of suck up all the kids' attention. I think, mm-hmm. and so when you've got movies like Spider Verse and now this very similar Ninja Turtles movie, I do wonder if the if the Pixar style uh, can stay cool. Yes, no, I'm with, 100%, with kids anyway. 100%, 100% with you because right now Sony Animation has latched on to something. Um, and maybe not even specifically just Sony Animation, but if you look at some of the movies of the last few years, have performed especially well critically and at the box office. They've been, they've had the involvement of, uh, I think their names are Chris Miller and Phil Lord. We're talking about the Lego movie, we're talking about Mitchell's versus the Machines. Uh, we're talking about R.I.P. the solo movie we never got. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're talking about the the Spider Man into the Spider Verse films, um, and the knock on effect those have had with films like Puss in Boots, with films like uh, uh, Ninja Turtles, where they are going for a more unique uh, experimental style with how they do things, as opposed to the kind of um, polished look that Pixar and DreamWorks established in the uh, in the early two thousand. Everybody, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, where Pixar excelled, and, you know, we'll, we'll move on to our movie here in a minute, but where Pixar really excelled was making thing, making animation look real, but also like cartoon. And then, you know, you, you at some point in time we crossed and, and we started making things lifelike, like the Lion King, you know, it's CGI, but it's real, but it's mm-hmm. not real. And Pixar is somewhere in between where it like, it, it relies on bringing this, um, animation world to life and this realism but you know again Sony Animation you know what they're doing is they're bringing the sketches to life mm-hmm. and I think that is is you know the difference is we've seen that we can make uh, graphics and CGI real go watch Lion King and be mm-hmm. impressed by their dead eyes you know <laughs> um, I think that is where Pixar needs to figure out what movies need to have a different kind of animation right. rather than just making things bigger and more realistic. Yeah. Perhaps it is going back to the literal drawing board. Well, Pixar's, in my opinion, Pixar's strength has always been going back to before they actually, before, before their movies, you know, could look so nice. Their strength has always been uh, their characters. They've had characters that have just, for whatever reason, kids have latched onto, whether that's Woody and Buzz or Mike and Sully or Nemo or... Um, you know, The Incredibles or whoever, you know, whoever it is, insert any of those iconic uh, movies from, you know, 2010 and before and even, on, you know, through the 2010s as well, WALL-E, right? Uh, you know, they, they had these characters that people just latched onto and it didn't matter what the animation looked like. Um, and 
I'm not going to try to say that their last handful of movies haven't had good character, but whatever reason, those characters have not latched on the way that they have in the past. None of these movies, perhaps, I may say, could be made without the one we're talking about today, which is my pick for Animated August. We're talking about Shrek, the legendary Shrek. Yeah. Um, this is a huge movie. I, I don't think they really thought it would be that when it came out. Just with the way it subverted the fairy, the traditional fairy tale, um, but also the traditional children's animated movie. Um, they really ratcheted up the what you can get away with in a kid's movie stuff. A lot of jokes that's, that draw the line. Um, and a great cast. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow, Jim Cummings. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, Jim Cummings is great. He's a legend in the, exactly. the voice acting world. Yeah. Uh, so Letterboxd describes Shrek as, it ain't easy being green, especially if you're a likable, smelly ogre named Shrek. On a mission to retrieve a gorgeous princess from the clutches of a fire-breathing dragon, Shrek teams up with an unlikely compatriot, a wisecracking donkey. Shrek was released in May of 2001. Real. Uh, I don't even know what period of time that is. I, people forget about early 2001. <laughs> it's true. But I do recall Shrek being large in my life. In that year, uh, what did you guys think about Shrek? Did you see Shrek in theaters? Um, did you love it? What's your relationship with the ogre? Uh, Garrett, I'll let you go first. Oh man, yeah. Uh, I you know I don't remember much about that time either. It's kind of washed away from my memory. However, uh, I often to this day still ask if people know the Muffin Man. Yeah, um, yeah. Out of context with no other thing, assuming that people will understand where it's coming from. Um, obviously, Shrek uh, has been around. I mean, it's, for it to have been around since 2001 feels right, but also like, I don't know, it doesn't quite seem right. Like, um, it has it has made its cultural impact on this world like something else. It is the Guy Fieri of animated movies, I feel like. Like, it shouldn't be good. It's kind of loud. It's obnoxious. You look at it and go, what the hell is this? But then you go, it's good. Like, I mean, seeing it on his face, I kind of want to punch it. But, like, looking (laughs) at it and spending some time with it, I really, really enjoy it. And, like, that is how Shrek has impacted me. Like, it's just so wonderfully stupid that you can't help but love it. For me, yeah. Yeah. For me, what do you think about that, Josh, first off? Uh, Yeah, agreed. I think that Shrek is, like, um, if you asked me, if you were like, what is the definitive movie that, that shows off the vibe of the early 2000s? It's Shrek. And I think that's because Shrek set the vibes. Um, so many copycat things came out around it. Shrek obviously blew up and more sequels came out. Uh, so I just think it's, it is a movie that like affected the culture. <laughs> it made an impact. Yeah. Um, that impact was somewhat delayed for me. I did not see Shrek in 2001. Um, my uh, my mom would not let me see it because she had heard there was a lot of, in in, in what I interpreted as, in, in the window, 
Um, uh, she heard, oh, are there a lot of in the window? There's a lot of in the window, which is how I interpreted that statement from her. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of sexual innuendo that might not be appropriate for an 11-year-old. She wasn't opinion. wrong. <laughs> wasn't wrong. Uh, and there, and there is some, some, some language of sorts. Uh, I, you know, it's the most, uh, you know, donkey just straight up says, uh, <laughs> um, he says, uh, he says, you ask anybody if they want a parfait, nobody in the damn world going to say they don't want a parfait. Just straight up says it. I was, and my wife and goes, oh, I forgot that he just says, damn, just right out like that. But, um, uh, yeah, but honestly, so I didn't see Shrek until Shrek 2 came out. It was around that time period that, like Shrek, uh, when Shrek Two was coming out in theaters, uh, I was I was fourteen by that point, so I just went to the movie store and rented Shrek, and watched uh, the first Shrek movie, and it was very funny. I mean, for me, the takeaway back then was Donkey. He was the funniest thing in the movie to me, and so like uh, uh, I couldn't win, and I watched Shrek Two, or as I like to call it, Shrek the Fockers, and uh, it was uh, I personally I like Shrek Two more. But I don't know if that's a hot take or not. But I like Shrek 2 a little bit more. But Shrek 1 is also uh, still so funny. And I think uh, gave the folks at, at Disney a little bit of an existential crisis on whether or not fairy tale movies could be taken seriously after uh, Shrek does a fairly good job of uh, sort of uh, dumping on them a little bit. But yeah, so I, I, yeah. But I had a lot of friends who loved Shrek when I was a kid. I just couldn't watch it for a while. Right. I believe that. Um, was it one of those things where you basically knew every joke in the movie by the time you got to see it because all the kids told you? No, no, not necessarily. I knew I knew a lot of them, but for me, it worked out that like what everybody else picked up on was a lot of Shrek's lines and a lot of those kind of jokes because it was still pre... For us, it wasn't, well, it's not, it wasn't pre-internet, but it was pre-meme culture. It was, you know, before... You know, the internet could just completely ruin everything. Um, but a lot of people were like talking like, but like, so when I watched it, I was like, man, Donkey's so funny. In this. Like it was just all Donkey's lines that were hilarious to me. And people were doing the Muffin Man stuff, like Garrett said. People were doing uh, uh, some of the other, some of the other bits. But uh, yeah, but yeah, Donkey, when Donkey starts going off about parfaits, that was like, to me, one of the funniest things I'd ever, I'd ever seen. I want to point out at the very beginning of the movie, I want to talk about how this sets the stage and, and also it demonstrates the impact of Shrek. So we open with Shrek reading a fairy tale book mm. and then we pull out to see that he's actually uh, taking a dump in the outhouse. He's annoyed with the book. He kicks open the door. And Smash Mouth's All-Star starts blasting. So we immediately get the expectation that fairy tales are stupid to the, in this movie. <laughs> but also, I have to talk about All-Star, okay? All-Star by Smash Mouth came out in 1999. And the music video features scenes from the movie Mystery Men. That's true. And then Shrek came and claimed All-Star as its own three years later. And now I think people think of Shrek when they think of All Star, a hundred percent more than they think of All Star when they think of Shrek. It's a hundred percent, and and then th that's not downplay. All Star was used in like I want to say every movie of that conservatively time. fifty films between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand two. You know, uh, it was at Rat Race. <laughs> you know, like any movie, if they had a movie coming out, they're like, can we use All Star? And they're like, yeah. must have been the cheapest movie ever. <laughs> 
to or cheap, cheapest song ever to get the rights to. Um, but yeah, it's iconic. That's what I mean. I, I can't tell you how many times I just the, and honestly, they should layer in the sound of Shrek's outhouse door slamming at the beginning of the song. Like that's something they should have done a long time ago because that's how I remember the song is somebody once told me like with the door slam. That's how I think of it. That's on on All Star Garrett. And the you know, I was thinking the same. I was thinking the same thing. I mean, again, I have often said that Smash Mouth is the Guy Fieri of of music. So this movie just continues to prove my point that it is the Guy Fieri associate of animated films. Um, it, I don't know. All this song really just does encompass all. I I, I don't know. You can't un, untangle the two. Uh, I don't yeah. know if Shrek reflects All Star, if All Star reflects Shrek, or which came first, the chicken or the egg. Uh, they're both wonderful in their stupid ways. This mm-hmm. It really is the only song that can be used for this kind of movie. Uh, realistically, the only band that can be used. I think in Shrek 2, they used uh, them for a different song, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, it's been a while since I've seen Shrek 3. Yeah, did they... What I don't remember what they... What's, I mean, Accidentally in Love starts Shrek 2. Well, and at the, oh, at the end of this movie is, uh, is Smash Mouth's I'm a Believer cover. Oh, version That's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they show up twice, yes. which makes perfect sense. You book in this movie with Smash Mouth. It makes sense. Exactly. This I'll, I'll, this was something that I had kind of forgotten about because I think it's been a little while since I watched Shrek, but uh, there was a, like even more licensed music in this movie than I remember. Uh, like I have no memory of Hallelujah being in the movie. It's or, got a banging uh, soundtrack. Oh yeah, it does. There's one of the first like movie, and especially animated movies, to really take licensed music to help kind of tell and advance the story. And it is. It does have a good one. Um, it's got yeah the I'm a uh, I'm a believer. It's got this one by the Monkees and uh, the Smash Mouth version. You got Hallelujah. You got All Star. Uh, Eddie Murphy's singing in there, and that's always a plus. Uh, mm-hmm. So it really is from top to bottom a great soundtrack. Um, I want to go back though because Josh, you talked about the opening. And him, 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 it opens with a physical book, right? That opens and he starts reading it. And, and, and that is, I mean, quite directly a reference and shot to Disney. To, 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 to that point in the year 2001, Disney had had 10 different movies open with a shot of a book opening to start the story. Like it was at the, towards the beginning of Disney's filmography, that was like one of their staples was just a book opening to start the, to start the movie. And so, like, it's a it's obviously a direct reference to that to to kidding you in that mindset, because um, people just I, I think they would just associate that with fairy tale films, um, and then for him to just rip it open and wipe his butt with it, it was like yeah, it was like yeah, this is a different type of movie altogether, um, and then you know, and then it's just off to the races. But I, I gotta say, um, watching this movie, there was a lot less to it than I remember as well. Like, I don't know, um. So, like, I, I think the movie really only exists in, like, three parts. Like, there is the part where Shrek is introduced and he goes and sees Farquaad and Farquaad says, go get the princess. There is them rescuing the princess and then the montage of them hanging out and getting to know each other. And then it's the wedding. And, like, that's the whole movie. It's, like, those three chunks. Uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just remember the movie being so much, like, longer, having so much more going on in it. But, like... It's a it's a fast ninety minutes, like it's like it, Princess Fiona doesn't uh, they don't rescue Princess Fiona until like the forty minute mark, and then they have their little romance in like twenty ish minutes, 
and then like all of a sudden it's the big final now it's the all is lost moment and shrek you know uh having a a, uh you know crying while he's uh while he's eating dinner and then go save the princess like it all wraps up really quickly compared to what i remember it doing which is just kind of funny to think back about how you sort of build movies up to be more in your head when you're when when you haven't seen them in a while you know, I appreciated this movie this time because uh, I agree. It, it, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I haven't seen it since I feel like I was a kid, or I haven't paid attention to it since I was a kid, I guess. Mm. And, and this time, you know, watching it for the movie, you pay attention to uh, different things. And and as a kid, you you laugh, and you find the funny parts, and you enjoy the fart jokes that are, you know, in my opinion, one too many. One too many. <laughs> um, but better out, than in. <laughs> better out than in, I always say. But uh, I appreciated the story because, again, it does take a lot of the tropes of a fairy, traditional fairy tale kind of movie, flips it on its head, on its head. But it also gives you the similar message, but also kind of flips it on its head, where you know it's more about um, learning to appreciate yourself, and you don't always end up like your truest form of self is not that ideal of the beauty and the perfection and the princess. You know, sometimes who you are is the ogre and and i really appreciated that you know in this movie uh that's something that princess fiona really got to explore through her and shrek through his own journey but you know in in this other kind of movie beauty and the beast you know similar type of bane they all turn into the beautiful gorgeous people um in this movie it wouldn't have been surprising to see like uh an unattractive man with the beautiful woman of stereotype but no in this one you get both of them turn into ogres and both of them see the beauty in, in each other. And that's really the essence of what a fairy tale is supposed to be. Not based on your looks, not Prince Charming, not the most beautiful person in the world, but somebody else who sees you for who you are, finds that beauty and loves that beauty inside and out. And it doesn't make a difference. And so this movie, while it is a bunch of fart jokes and ridiculousness, uh, it also really has a, a good message that you can send beyond uh, what I think you can get from a typical stereotypical fairy tale mm-hmm. movie. Exactly. You know, it it broke down the genre, and uh, it's why you didn't. I, I I honestly believe it's why you didn't have like a Disney princess fairy tale movie for about uh, about another eight years. Like it was Princess and the Frog before they really returned to the princess fairy tale format over at it's Disney. True. And so, like you know, and they and, and since then they've tried to reimagine the premise of that a little bit, so that it's not so. I don't know. So it's not so stereotypical. It's not so Snow White or Cinderella, but that you know these the characters have a bit more realistic t- fashion to them. Um, you know, and, and 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 so like you know, I think it was I think it was it was bound to happen, and Shrek was the movie to do it, where they just said, let's take the you know, let's take this this genre of film that people know very well, and let's just turn it on its head. Um, you know, it's a lot like it's a lot like a Mel Brooks movie in a lot of ways, where it's just kind of like taking a lot of recognizable things and then just say just just goofing around with it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and you know, for two thousand one, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good looking film. You know, it went with an uglier look than you know uh, uh, Pixar had been doing with uh, with its films, going for a little bit of kind of a grotesque appearance and it and it worked to it in its favor yeah right and like we mentioned like mentioned before um you know it totally ruins the idea of the princess movie when it decides to have the princess herself turn 
what society views as ugly in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, she becomes the ogre. Um, and there's the overall almost B-plot kind of of all the other fairy tale creatures being kicked out of Duloc because they're weird and different. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's a good... It's a good message um, in a in a like unsuspecting setting. Um, mm-hmm. They use the fairy tale setting to deliver a different message than I think is typically done. Yeah. I was just saying, I think Mike Myers is uh, the gre- the best ch- casting choice. You know, I think early casting uh, Chris Farley mm-hmm. who was originally uh, set to play Shrek before he passed. Um, I think that Mike Myers is the right choice. Again, you look, uh, they don't hold up. But those Austin Powers movies and the satire that they set forth for those spy genre movies, especially James Bond, you know, it's so, for the time, funny and iconic, and and that character is so good. And and in the same kind of vein, he's doing a similar kind of a thing. And so I think that it's it's got the same kind of cultural impact uh, that Austin Powers had for like the spy movie genre. Mm-hmm. And I think that what Mike Myers as a character can bring to Shrek uh, is beyond what it probably would have done with just Chris Farley. Um, and that's not a knock on Chris Farley. I just think that this casting choice was yeah made better on it, by unfortunate tragedies. It was, um you know, there you can watch, um, there is like early uh, scratch footing, footage of Chris Farley's version of Shrek that you can, you can watch and listen to. And I think that there's a nugget of, there's a nugget of of, of uh, quality there that if if he hadn't passed away and if he had continued on with this role, I think it really could have uh, changed how a lot of people view Chris Farley. Like if he was able to kind of go to those more um, emotional places with the character, or if the character had, if they had even written the character differently to kind of, you know, play to Chris Farley's strengths. Because, uh, you know, I think Farley was a guy that we never, unfortunately, never got to see that other side, that turn. Um, that we've seen with a lot of comedic actors who do make a turn at one point or have been able to show that that depth. And, and Mike Myers is one of those guys. Like you said, if you watch Austin Powers, you watch some of his other movies, while he's mostly playing it for laughs, and it's very funny, he does have that ability to find that little kernel of emotionality in it to make the character sympathetic, to make the character, um, make the character sort of vulnerable. And you get that with Shrek when he's talking about, you know how nobody nobody values him nobody nobody wants to get to know an ogre you know to see his and how that has sort of warped his his view of society and you when he says you know you already are beautiful to to fiona at the end you know you feel that you know i think that mike myers like you said garrett he is a good casting choice here i think that um uh you know i don't know if we got to see it as much because i think he really just doubled down on the the, the the silliness of Austin Powers or Love Guru or any of his other comedies, Cat the Hat, after that. But I think Mike Myers has the has it in him to play a more a more softer role if he wanted to. Yeah, uh, I think there could probably be a whole documentary in itself on the voice casting of this movie. It was originally because he's always tied to these somehow. Shrek was originally offered to Nicolas Cage, um, who turned it down because he didn't want to look like an ogre. Better out than in, I always think. Chris Farley actually recorded almost the whole movie before he passed, uh, which is crazy because that was in 1997. Mm-hmm. So this movie could have come out a lot earlier. And then, uh, not only did Mike Myers come in to 
take on the role of Shrek. He recorded the whole movie without the Scottish accent, and then they went back and changed it. So there's so many versions of this movie that I want to hear and see, <laughs> like that I don't know if it's out there. Yeah, I've seen some of that old uh, kind of test footage of Farley. I've never seen the other act, the other Mike Myers accent. I don't know if it's just him regular talking or what, but yeah, it it's sounds like they spent accent. a lot of time recording this movie's voice track. What are your favorite? What are some of your favorite Shrek quotes? Because this movie has also been very quotable over the years. Um, it Shrek repurposed a line from Babe with "That'll do, yes. donkey. That'll do. That'll do." Donkey. Um, the ogres are like onions. Yeah. That is a quote that I hear all the time. Layers, and of course the parfait. Those are probably my three Perfect. most heard Shrek quotes over the years. And I don't even no. really love parfaits that much. <laughs> I know, I know. The only reason I know about parfaits is because that was like a big McDonald's thing for a while. Is like go to McDonald's and get a chocolate parfait or something like that. A healthy breakfast. You ever have somebody that want a parfait and say, "Hey, man, I don't want no parfait." And that was, to me, one of the funniest. It felt like an ad lib. He's like, people like cakes. And he's like, oh, girls are not like cakes. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I mentioned the um, the Noble Steed. Yes, Noble uh, Steed. Gary, do you got any? I'll, well, I'll try to think. Well, earlier you mentioned you know, I, I t- Yeah. I talked to, I love the Muffin Man. Well, it's one of my favorite things that I just kind of bring up uh, out of nowhere. Um, I also am a big fan of that. That's a nice boulder. That's I like nice. that boulder. I like that boulder. I like that one. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, those are two of the ones that I feel like I say uh, quite often. I'm making waffles. Always fun. Also, uh, to ha- just, I'm making waffles. What that was. Um, for me, uh, uh, another big one. Another big one. It still gets me. It's just, I think it's the it's the combination of the voice and then also the animation itself. When uh, when Farquaad's looking at the the three girls, you know, and it's like, you know, which bachelorette are you going to choose, right? And they're all going three, two, two, three. three. They're all yelling numbers. And that one with the big mask goes, three, my lord, who's three, my lord. And he holds up two fingers, though. Two's three, my lord. That still gets me. Uh, it's just that that joke works. It's not even like a, a lot of levels. It just, two's three, my funny. lord. He's just so stupid. I'll also accept favorite parts in general. But for me, it's a wrestling scene. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say we should talk about yeah, the wrestling you, scene. You get a full-on uh, smackdown, chair-smashing good time. Oh, uh, in the in the ring right there. So much more in depth than they really had to do. There's a suplex. Uh, he put somebody in the ankle lock. Uh, he did. You know, uh, Kurt would have been proud. There's a tombstone pile driver. Yes, Kurt Angle would have been. You know, intensity. And you know what? I appreciate they didn't. The other one. They didn't name the moves. They didn't name the moves. A lot of times in these movies, when they try to put a wrestling move in there, they always try to name it, and they always call it the wrong thing. They always so just the- just do the things. You can just do the things and not have to name them. My wife, Nikki, watched it with me, and she had to she had to giggle at. I don't think she remembered this this moment specifically, but when Trek and Fiona blow up two animals and shape them into balloons, <laughs> and then. And then they lose them, and they just float away. My wife went, "That was a weird moment." <laughs> that was a weird moment. <laughs> that was a weird moment from from conceptually. That entire moment is just weird. They blow up a frog and a snake and make them into balloons, and then it the is two, the two of them just float away into 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 the atmosphere. It is a very weird moment. You're right. I figured this is animation. August, we need to talk about the animation and the impact that it had on uh, the animation up until then. You know, Dan, um, you're kind of the animation know-it-all. Right. Uh, 
We'll say that. I meant it in a positive way. I will, um, as we move into that, I do want to mention one other voice actor because we're going to be talking about them next week as well, a little bit. Um, the 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 bishop who marries, uh, who's hold, who's who's doing the who's doing the wedding, you know, the uh, uh, the, the the priest in the movie is uh, also the voice of Dawson in the Great Mouse Detective. So next week we're going to be seeing that that was that actor's last performance. He's also uh, he's also one of the main characters in the movie we're doing next week. So I just thought that was a kind of like little fun little fact that I discovered uh, while doing research for the movie. But um, yeah, the animation uh, took a long time. Uh, like you said, Josh, they were working on this movie in the late 90s. Um, you guys may have heard this story before, but um, XR or DreamWorks, excuse me, had a lot of a lot of eggs in the basket of the Prince of Egypt, which is a movie that came out uh, before this one. And you may have heard the story that people who are animators that didn't do their work on time or didn't finish very well uh, were often sent to work on Shrek um, because uh, they were they'd be working on the Prince of Egypt. They weren't getting their work done on time, so they would get either sent to the Gulag or Shrek um, to work on the movie that they did not have as high of aspirations for. Uh, which I think is kind of funny. Not to the Prince of Egypt did really well for uh, what it was, but Shrek outperformed uh, it in the long run. Uh, so I just think that's very funny. Um, mm. What What do you guys think of the animation? What does it make you think of? But for me, I, I agree with what you said earlier about it being gross. Uh, you know, that is for me the the standout. The, the just the sheer effort they went to make this movie feel gross is very impressive, and I approve. Mm-hmm. Right, it's it's dirtier, uh, but it's not necessarily like different than other CGI animated films at the time, other than content. Like you know, we're saying it's they're they're doing more gross out things with it, with mud and earwax and mm-hmm. all kinds of gross stuff. Um, but it looks really good. You know, this is a peak time for CG animated movies, so. I think it worked really well. I think future ones even went into the 3D stuff, which I don't like, but at yeah. the time it meant good things. Yeah, in uh, the 74th Academy Awards, 2001, Shrek won the very first um, Best Animated Feature category, the Academy Awards, beating out Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius and Monsters, Inc. <laughs> I know, it was... It might have been considered Slim Pickens that year, and it is interesting. Jimmy that, Neutron Boy Genius? Good for Jimmy. I know, good for Jimmy and Nickelodeon. Uh, for Oscars. <laughs> not a great look. But, I mean, the fact that it did end up beating Monsters, Inc. says, I think, a tremendous amount, because Monsters, Inc. is a fairly beloved Pixar film and and didn't do poor, didn't do bad at the box office or anything like that. So it was, uh, it was a tight race. Um, you know, we've talked about in the past that uh, they didn't have a Best Animated Feature, until 2001, so you would think that like Disney would have the most of those, but, um, but no. In fact, if you don't include Pixar as Disney, which, um, you know, you can make an argument that Pixar is its own studio, Disney has its own animation studio. Disney did not win a Best Animated Feature until Frozen, but in 2013. So that's really deep into the lifespan of animated films before Disney, sort of the group that's sort of synonymous with animated film. Uh, won the award, but uh, Pixar didn't win until 2003. <laughs> so, just some interesting things. What do you guys think, though? Do you think compared to Monsters Inc., this should have won best uh, best p- picture? Easily, sorry to say. 
And I like Monsters, Inc., but easily. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, and I still just squint at Jimmy Neutron even being included. <laughs> That's yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what else it's came out. Long since I've, it's been so long since I've seen uh, Monsters, Inc. Uh, I can't really compare the two, but I mean, culturally, you can't deny the impact, but how it compares as a movie, you know? Mm. I, I mean, honestly, maybe maybe the 2001 of it all, because Monsters, Inc., ton of memes on that, too. In fact, there are memes that combine Mike Wazowski and Shrek. You know, like, right. that's a very, it's very, it's a very weird meme culture that developed around both Shrek and Monsters, Inc., but, uh, you know, I, I, I feel that Shrek is a better movie mm-hmm. than Monsters, Inc., but it's like splitting hairs in some ways. It's, again, it's like, yeah, they both deserve to be nominated there. I just would... It's it's a no contest for me at that point, just because of how impactful Shrek was, even at, upon its release on audiences. It really clearly resonated with people, and still does. Uh, Twenty some odd years later, yeah. You want to know something? Uh, you want to know a wild detail that I uh, I discovered while watching? Because I was watching Shrek two after I watched Shrek one. Oh, and there's a there's a Lord of the Rings reference at the beginning of Shrek two. And how crazy is this to think about? The entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out in the interim between Shrek and Shrek 2. <laughs> really? Is that that's that's a no, fact, huh? That's no wild to think about. That's why there's no Lord of the Rings reference. The snow Shrek came out in 012. Yeah, it came out wow. in December of 01. And then December of 02 for Two Towers, December of 03 for, King, for King, Return of the King. And then Shrek 2 came out in 2004. So the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out between Shrek and Shrek 2. And that's just kind of crazy to me. That is crazy. Anyway, that that's apropos of nothing. That was just um, something that I, I, I stumbled on as I was thinking about it. I want to have us uh, move into the box office next, but this will be the great, a great transition. I, I just quickly checked the highest grossing animated movies of 2001 to see, like, why did we go with Jimmy Neutron? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm seeing why we went with Jimmy Neutron now. <laughs> we, got, we got Pokemon 3, the movie. Yeah. We got Recess, School's Out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Great movie. Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Oh, that's kind of, yeah, that's too Which bad. I never cared too much for, but I think it's better than Jimmy And then, like, a Final Fantasy movie. Now, Slim Pickens that year. The Slim Pickens Award. that year, indeed. You know. Uh, but that said, Shrek and Monsters, Inc. would have been deserving no matter the year. I don't know, you can't have a category with just two movies, and so they were looking at it, and they were going, uh... we got to have a third. Pick Jim Nick Nickelodeon, we'll go with that. Um, well, as we move into the, the the box office for Shrek's opening weekend, uh, it, it would have been an incredible weekend for me at the theater, because I'm going to go through some of the movies that were in theaters. In fact, um, three, or excuse me, uh, two of my, two of my, uh, my, my favorites on Letterboxd, we're in the theater at the same time this weekend. Um, Shrek opened to $42.3 million in its opening weekend, which is a really solid open for an animated film in the year 2001. Um, it uh, unseated The Mummy Returns, which uh, brought in 20.4 that weekend. At number three spot, one of my favorite movies of all time, A Knight's Tale, was in its second weekend, brought in 10.4. At number four, Angel Eyes, which I have no idea what that is, brought in 9.2. And number five is Bridget Jones's Diary, oh, uh, which brought in 3.7. Some other great movies that came out that weekend. Yeah. It is, right? I mean, already we're, we're in a great mood. 
very 2001. Uh, some other great movies that came out that weekend. Along came a spider, Blow. Uh, th- well, this was, these did not come out this weekend. They were just in theaters this weekend. Spy Kids, Memento, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Dirt, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was still in theaters, and Oh Brother Where Art Thou were still in theaters. So two, wow. so two movies that I would end up putting on my favorites list. Um, also, uh, just because I, I think you guys probably uh, uh, would appreciate it, um, way down towards the bottom, still in theaters, uh, opening also opening this weekend, but in only in its premiere was Moulin Rouge, um, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys like that movie or not, but do. that was the other opening weekend, uh, the other movie that opened that weekend. Uh, anyway, uh, Shrek actually, so I normally don't talk about second weekend stats, but Shrek has a unique stat. It has one of the best second weekends of all time, only dropping point point three percent in its second weekend. Shrek two Shrek bought in another forty two million dollars, almost dead even. That's almost unheard of. Um, it is the uh, what is it? It is the where do I have that stat? It it yeah, too many tabs. It, too many tabs. It is the twenty. It is the twenty first best second weekend of all time. Now you gotta be thinking like, well, how can something be better? Well, there have been movies that have actually done more in their second weekend um, than they did in their first. Um, the number one best weekend of all time is uh, The Greatest Showman, which did seventy-five percent, which did seventy-six percent better in its second That's weekend my than its first. Pleasure right there. Oh yeah. Um, so other movies on that list: Cheaper by the Dozen, Two, uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, uh, the Wild Thornberrys movie. That one also did really well in its second weekend. So. There you go. That's just a, that's a little that's a little uh, other other stat for you. Um, Shrek would go on to make two hundred sixty eight million dollars in the United States, two hundred twenty million overseas for a worldwide total of four hundred and eighty eight million dollars. Um, and um, on the year of two thousand one, I think Josh, you were just looking at what were the other animated movies of that year. I'm pretty positive Shrek finished as the number one animated movie of the year. And domestically, I believe. Domestically. Um, just ahead of Monsters, Inc. in the number four spot. Number one movie of 2001 was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, followed by Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, which you can hear our review of. And uh, at the number five spot was Rush Hour 2. So <laughs> Rush Hour 2, Monsters, Inc., Shrek, and Lord of the Rings, and Harry Potter. Those are your big movies that year. Um, but also 2001, what a great year. Ocean's 11, you can hear our review of that. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, Planet of the Apes, uh, Hannibal. We have a review of Hannibal. We reviewed uh, Hannibal. We do. How about that? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, fantastic year. Um, you know what's also in, uh, you know, anyway, never mind. I was going to talk about something, something completely different, but, um, Shrek, huge, huge year, did incredible numbers, and, uh, the, not, the, not the highest grossing animated film of 2001. All right. Shrek is love. Shrek is life, as the memes say. That is the meme, isn't it? Uh, it's one of... We didn't talk about our favorite Shrek memes, did we? Uh, I don't think any of us have favorite Shrek memes, I'd be willing to bet. Uh, my, uh, the only one that... Let's do. The only one that even comes to mind is the one where Shrek makes the face where he's like... You know, you know what I'm talking about? For the viewers, it's that really stretched out, weird, like, awkward face that he makes for... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't really do it. But uh, anyway... Um, Got a, got a prize for you guys this week. I accidentally looked at the letterbox scores. So. You did it again? If you guys would like, I'll run the game. That sounds Ooh. great. Who, here, I got an idea, David. Who is losing? Is it me? Am I last? 
Um, hang on, let me pull up the scoreboard. I feel like somehow I'm still last. <laughs> even with your even with your time off, Garrett. Um, let's see. I think I'm tied with guests. Garrett's at a five. Josh. When was the last time Josh won? <laughs> when it was 2017. Let's hear Josh is at four. Force Awakens. <laughs> the last time Josh may have won may have been when we reviewed Titanic. Um, wonderful. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so there you go. So yeah, Derek, you're in the you're actually late was, compared to Josh. It's okay. five to four. I have a theory. Let's test it. I feel like last place should go first because you have the whole spectrum to choose. Mm, okay. You set the tone, and then everybody else has to guess around that one. Okay. But you get the whole paintboard to brush upon. That's true. I think we should try it that way. Well, of course, he's not playing this week anyway. Yeah, I know. That's uh, what I'm saying. But I do have um, some. Oh, Johnny got 65. That was his last one. Oh, well, dang it. That's not one I'm proud of. <laughs> Uh, we got some reviews here from the Letterbox community. Um, <laughs> four and a half stars. How does Donkey and the Dragon do it? <laughs> it's how it's written. As the joke goes, and very carefully. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, four stars. wonder how Leonard Cohen felt knowing that for an entire generation, the beautiful chords of Hallelujah would just conjure up <laughs> The mental image of two ogres pining for one another. <laughs> exactly. Uh, four and a half stars had to rewatch this to remember what animal donkey was. <laughs> animal is donkey. And then finally, five stars. Duh, it's Shrek. Five stars, in my opinion, every time. So, there we go. So does that does that help you? Does that help you at all, Josh? You're you're in last, so you have the yeah, whole spectrum to guess on. It even. does, and I want to go, I want to go high, but not crazy high. So I'm gonna go four point two. Four point two. All right. How's I? You know, I don't. I struggled if it was like a four point or not, and I. That's like for me the the danger zone because I always compare it to like what is it? The Lord of the Rings movies where we? What was the Lord of the Rings? I feel like it was high. I feel like I remember, they're high. Each one of the Lord of the Rings so, was the same one. It was like they were all four point yeah. one or four point two or something like that. So I always try to put them in comparison, and so I don't that I don't think it's at a, a four, but I think it's okay. high at three. Yeah. So I do three point seven. Three point seven. Okay. Let me do some math real quick. Oh no. Okay. Math. <laughs> All right. The winner this week of the letterbox game. And he needed it so much. It's Josh wins. It's a it's a excuse me. Oh, getting choked up from this emotional moment, but it is a solid four on Letterboxd. So Josh, you win by oh, chance. Nice. Yes, that's close. Though that was a nail biter. Yeah, you know, check out the graph here. Can you check out the graph? You see that? So this is, oh gosh. So this is the five and this is the four and then the four and a halfs. The four and a halfs are just right there in the middle with barely anybody. Mm-hmm. Giving, that's a, a fascinating graph, right? Almost nobody gives it a low score, and then there's a couple of like the threes and the four and a half, so they way down. And then it's all fours and fives. Very few are un- are unwilling to go with that. Four and a half. They'll commit to the five. Or yeah, they're like it's either a four or it's a five, and there is no there is no in between with with Shrek. 
Well, we got to do the test here now with the three of us. Four, five, four and a half lower? Where where are we landing on this? You didn't get to play the game, David, so you go first on this one. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the unique one and I am gonna give it a four and a half. Oh, you would you be go. the one who does that. Yeah, I'm gonna be in the, I'm gonna be in that rare field. Living in that four horsemen country, boys, it's four stars for me. Mm, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Four life. Yeah. Uh, it's a four life. I think I'm Oh goodness. So here's the thing. I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I, I, I had previously logged this movie as a four, and I'm trying to think in my head right now, what was my rationale? And I can't defend it any longer, so clearly my mind has changed. Yes. And it is now a five. Well, you know, that means that our average is a four and a half. Isn't that funny? Well, that makes us the, the four and a half unicorns. There we go. All right. Here we go. It should all be, it should be five, four and a half, four. Like they should all be even with each other. Let's really build up from four and a half. We were at stat. Um, that is Shrek, my pick for Anime to August. What a great pick, Josh. Well, I, thank you. Thank you. I wore my Shrek I green to try to, try to work with it. I was wondering if that was on purpose mm-hmm. For, mm-hmm. for the YouTube viewers. Uh, what do we do with next week? Are we going to pick, we're going to do Mouse Detective, right? I believe so. Is that the next order? I know we we'd already announced what we're doing, but I don't think we got the order down. <laughs> we may as well. This uh, leads into you said uh, the the person who there was a voice uh, from the great mass detective in Shrek, so we may yeah. as well lead over. Yeah, why not? Yeah, um, Garrett, that's your pick. You want to give a little tease about why you picked it? Um, you can go into detail yeah. next week, but just a teaser. Yeah, you can catch uh, the great mass detective streaming on Disney Plus. Uh, it is uh, one of the lesser-known Disney movies, I feel like. Uh, very cult classic, I would put it in that vein. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. Vincent Price, one of the legends, and it is uh, a little bit of a, you know, a Sherlock Holmesian tale, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon the pun. I don't mean that in a, in a mousy. But yeah. uh, it, it's a great one. It's kind of scary, kind of dark, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And then uh, we'll have couple more weeks, I believe. At least one more week, but maybe a couple more. Um, so be sure you're following the show online. Uh, so many sequels in all your social apps. Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Facebook are all great places to find us. You can also go to somanysequels.com, find all our past episodes, the stuff that we talked about um, last week and the week before. No, we've only done one week of animated so far. But last week we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So if you got a chance to see that, go back, listen to our interview, or not interview, I wish, our review, and let us know what you think of that movie and this movie, and uh, be sure you subscribe so that you get uh, the next few animated movies that we'll be talking to you about. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. That does it for us. We'll see you all next time. Get out of my swamp. <laughs>